tonight. Amen. Try to see where we can go from this. And hopefully in some way we are understanding it better by and by. <laughs> Amen. Because, you know, a lot of times when we come to church and we get into church and we hear a lot of things and, you know, and we don't understand a lot of it and how it applies. And I'm a firm believer that everything that is done is has an application. And so we have to learn how to apply this stuff to our hearts. And what God is really trying to show us and what he's trying to teach us and where he's trying to carry us and what he desires to do in us. Amen. You know, there's so many things that God wants to do. And he tells us in his words. And so we have to move on, as Peter says, and Paul says, and John says, and James says, and Jesus says, to perfection. <laughs> We've got to move on to perfection. That's the key. We can't sit idly by. It's kind of like when you look at Second Kings chapter 7. You remember there's four lepers. They're sitting outside the gate. And you know, back in those days, the leper was outside. He couldn't go inside. He had to walk around. He had to shout out, unclean, unclean, you know. And so they're sitting there, and there's a famine in the land. Nobody inside of the city has got anything to eat. They're buying donkey heads and dove dung and all this stuff. It's, it's terrible, just terrible inside the gate as it is out the gate, you know. And these four lepers are sitting there, and so finally one of them gets the idea, and he turns to the other three. He says, man, why are we going to sit here until we die? You know? They says, you know, if we sit here, we're going to die. If we go in the city, we're going to die. There's nothing to eat in there. Or we can go to the Syrians. And at least, you know, they got food. They're saying the only thing they can do is kill us or they can feed us, you know? And so when they made a move, God made a move. Because the Syrians heard what they thought was an ambushment coming against them. And they took off and they left everything. They left food. They left horses. They left coal, uh, clothing. They left gold. They left everything. And so these four lepers come to the end of the camp. And, man, they get there and ain't nobody there. They go into one tent. They eat. Get clothes, go take it away, come back, eat more. Man, they're just, you know, they're just having a feast, just the four of them. You know, they got everything. All the people in the city is starving, man. They're out here just feasting up. Curry stew, curry lamb, curry goat, steaks, you know, T-bones, you know, ribeye. They got all this food that they're just enjoying. And the people in the village don't have anything. And finally, one of them said, you know what? This ain't right. He says, you know, if we don't go tell somebody, something's going to happen to us by morning. So they go and they tell the porter, hey, tell the king there's a lot of food out here, you know. And so everybody comes out the gate and the porter, one guy that didn't believe Elijah, he gets run over by all the people, you know, and stuff. But to me, that is how God is waiting on us. You know, because if we move, he's going to move. God is going to do what he's going to do. He already knows what he's going to do. Amen. And so we need to to be born again. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus, 
you must be born again of the water and the spirit. See, because once we become born again, we, he give, he's given us a new shot. You know, that's why he's called a God of second chances. See? And so he gives us a new shot to start afresh, to start anew, and to do it right. Man, what a deal. Amen. To get a fresh start, you know, all over again. Being born again of the water and the spirit. And you see this theme and pattern as the Lord told Moses, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. When you go all the way back to creation and walk through, you will see it's all about being born again, anew, afresh. Is what God is trying to show us and to teach us. And so we need God's spirit within us. And he, he notice what he calls it. I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by enemies shall hurt you. He is telling you, I will be in you. Nothing is greater than God. He's the almighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of all peace. And so he wants us to have his spirit in him. Amen. To start fresh, to start anew. We're washed by the blood of the Lamb, as the rite of Hebrews 9.22 says. And almost all things are purged by the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Amen. So when we go down in the waters of baptism, that's why Peter says in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Amen. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to all that are far, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. This promise is for everyone. That's why Peter would say later on in his epistles in the third uh, second chapter, uh, second epistle, the third chapter, God is not slack concerning his what? Promises. As some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all of us would come to repentance. And God wants us to have a repentant heart. He wants us to change. He wants us to be like him. Amen. And so that's the overall key is to change, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. See? You you have to want to change. Now, last week, we was talking about the Spirit, and we was talking about how it affects us and how it changes us. If you haven't changed, you ain't born again. You just got wet. See? Your move to God should have brought some changes in your life, your character should have changed. See? Because if you don't become doers of the word, you are not going to make it. You remember what John says in 1 John 3.10? And this is manifest the children of God and the children of the devil. He that doeth not right is not his. For him that loved not his brother. And we saw also as we were talking Sunday morning... John tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, he says, This is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. 
If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he's the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, it's the blood of God. If it's been applied to your life, there's got to be some changes. This new birth brought about changes, you know. And, and, and you're going to keep changing. You're going to keep until you get to perfection. See, that God, through His Word, He keeps showing us things that came with our salvation. That's why when you look at Hebrews 6, verse 9, go to Hebrews 6, verse 9. And we're going to walk right into this thing here tonight a little bit. Hebrews uh, chapter 6. Starting with verse 9, he says, Beloved, we are persuaded of better things of you. Notice. What? What what kind of things are you persuaded of? Things that came or accompanied your salvation, though we thus speak. See, that your, that your new verse is, is essential to salvation. See, he says, the things that accompany salvation that we thus speak. For God is not, verse 10, unrighteous here to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, we, there's a pattern there of people that followed God. And that's why Hebrews 11 lists all these people. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joseph, you know, Ruth. They, they list these people as examples for us to emulate, see? And so he says, there are some things that accompany your salvation. Murmuring and complaining did not come with your salvation. See, you you got to realize some things that did not. Walk around defeated didn't come with salvation. I am come that you might have life. Right. You know, there's got to be a change here. You, you've got, it's all in your mind. It's how you think. It's how you look at the situations. It's how you look at the circumstance. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted to everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? See, you, you've got to realize who you are now in Him. There's a lot of promises. Things came with your salvation. Defeat did not come with your salvation. That's why Paul is so upbeat. Even though, look at him in Silas in Acts 16. Most people, you got beat like they got beat in those days. 
stoned like they did in those days. People would say, man, I'm out of here. I'm going home. I'm not going to do this. You know, but what did Paul say? None of those things moved me. Neither did I count my life dear to me that I might finish my course and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the grace of God. It didn't move them. They counted themselves worthy to be called for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was willing to suffer for that name. You know, we got exceeding promises. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. What are we commanded to do? Walk by faith, not by sight. See? So we have this. Paul's right to the church at Rome in the 12th chapter. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So think differently. You can't think the old way. You're a new creature in Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. See, you're a new creature. You're risen, as Paul says in Romans 6, to walk in newness of life. Not the old way. Not defeated. Not looking back. See? War, war is nasty, but war is, you can learn a lot of things of war. You, you, the enemy can't defeat you unless you let him. You win. If we're going to quote the scripture, we're going to have to live it. <laughs> How many times have you heard people say, there's no weapon form against me shall prosper. Why are you walk around talking about the enemy is beating you up? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Uh, yeah, we have an enemy. But greater is he <laughs> that's in me than he that is in the world. I, you know, I refuse to give the devil credit for anything. Uh, I, 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 he's not going to get any in this sandbox. You know? You might as well get behind me, just like the Scripture says. When, when they dispute about Moses' body, you know, <laughs> the Lord rebuke you. You know, get on out of here. You know, So we're not going to let him have the victory. See? We don't want to meet the enemy and realize he's us. <laughs> you know, that's the worst thing. Self-description, you know, destroying yourself is not good. If I'm going to destroy myself, why can't I build up myself? Why can't I tell myself I'm a child of the Most High God? Why can't I tell myself that God loves me? Why can't I see something in the Scripture when Job says, I know my Redeemer liveth, <laughs> and he shall stand in the latter days upon the earth, and though the skidworms has eaten this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, for I shall see him for myself. Notice what Job says. He knows the way that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come forth like gold. See? That's what this new birth brought. It wasn't just that I got in the tub and got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he filled me with this spirit. You know, he gave me a whole lot of new stuff. 
He gave me a whole lot of new power. He gave me a, a, a mind of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and might and fear and reverence and righteousness. He brought all this stuff, a new spirit of love in everybody. He gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gave me patience. He gave me goodness and gentleness. All these things, he came with my salvation. One songwriter says he put laughter into my heart. <laughs> what did he say? It would have been enough if he just brought joy. But he brought laughter. Amen. He brought so many wonderful things in this new birth process. He took me from nothing to something. He took me from not being in the family to engrafting me into the family. And so the promises that he made to Abraham is mine. See? I was alienated, but no more. I'm his by the blood, right? We came drawn now by the blood of Jesus Christ. So this new birth that we now have, see, God knew it was essential for me to be able to see, to give me spiritual vision so that I could see clearly, you know, what I'm doing and where I'm going. That the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. You know, isn't it amazing in Isaiah 6, how many times did you hear his quote that? Why did Isaiah have to wait for somebody to die before he could see? God. Uh, he says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. High and lifted up, sitting upon a throne, and his train filled the temple. He got a clear vision in the heaven. God opened up his vision and let him see heaven at a funeral. Think about it. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So I don't know, maybe it was at the, he was at the funeral. And he realized, man, you know, I'm, I'm going this way. I better open my eyes. I better realize something here. That's why Solomon says it's better to go to a funeral than to go to a party. <laughs> you know? Because you go, you, you're going that way. And see, and what's the purpose of the new birth? So that I can be with him forever and ever. See? That's why the whole process is so we can reign with him forever and ever. Because without that process, we are none of his. But now, we are children of God. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And our end state is to be with Him forever and ever. See? So funerals should open a whole lot of people's eyes. How many times you've been at a funeral? I know I have people say, man, you know, I think I need to start going to church. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> you probably need to start thinking because we're all going that way and none of us know when. See? And so, but I, I want to make sure that I'm ready and so that's why I try to stay. So is it, this new birth is essential to our spiritual vision, to open our understanding. Notice Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. What the what the writer Solomon says here. He says, "Where there's no vision, the people perish." 
But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Man, are you happy? Are you happy? If you're happy, you know it. Say amen, right? <laughs> Notice what he says. Happy is the he that keepeth the law. The law of the Lord is perfect. See, if we keep the law, God's word, we're going to be okay. See? We got to do it. We want it written on the tables of our heart. So notice what he says here. Where there's no vision. In other words, where there's no revelation. Where there's no guidance. Where there's no prophecy of the scripture. People perish. See, but we preach Christ Jesus to bring you understanding. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that you can see clearly who he is, what he is, and what he's doing in your life to open your understanding so that you know who he is. You know, Jesus opened his disciples' understanding in Matthew 16 when they came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He says, who do they say the son of man am? They said, well, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah or one of the old prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. His eyes was open. See, his understanding was open. When Philip, when Philip saw his handprint, I meant Thomas, excuse me, and Jesus walked in and says, reach here your hand, Philip, and put it at your finger and put it in the, the nail prints of my hand and thrust your hands in my side and be not faithless, but believe. You know, what did Philip say? My Lord and my God. His eyes were open. Amen. Our eyes should be open. Notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 3 through 7, he says, If this gospel be hid, he's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. See, that's why we preach Christ Jesus. That's why we bring you understanding and try to give you revelation of truth so that your eyes will be open. That's why people, when you're teaching Bible studies and showing them the Word of God that they've never seen before, all of a sudden their eyes are open and they start seeing things they have never seen before. You know, I've had people say to me, man, I never knew that. Man, I had never seen that. You know, Man, I've read the Bible before, but I've never seen that. You know, it takes their understanding to be open so that they can see. So the new birth is essential to bring in spiritual vision. See, that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man, Things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Why not? But, but notice what He said. He's revealing us by His Spirit. He showed us. That's why you're supposed to be excited. He's already showed you. He gave you the Holy Ghost to show you these things. So your eyes are not closed. 
The word is a lamp, is a light. <laughs> Think about it. And the instructions are the way of life. See? You're, you're, it's essential to your vision. You know, you go to the optometrist. What's their job? Help you see. Right? You remember in John 9, when the disciples comes into the city and the blind man is sitting there, and they say to Jesus, Lord, who, who did sin that this man should be blind? The parents? Mom? Dad? It says nobody, but that the glory of God might be revealed. You know, and what did he do? He made clay and spittle and put in the God's eye and told him, go wash in the pool. And what happened? The guy came seeing. His eyes were open. You remember when Paul was blind on the road to Damascus? He couldn't see a thing. Right? But all of a sudden, an Ananias walked in, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus has appeared in you in the way and sent me. What? That you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened? Immediately, the scales dropped right off his eyes. The new birth brings some vision. See, notice, Paul thought he was doing the right thing, but he realized he was blind. And that's what God was trying to show him. You're blind, Paul, without me. You can't see a thing. But when you get me, when you understand me, your vision is going to come into focus. You're going to have 2020, even though that's the year, you know, you're going to have 2020 vision so that you can start seeing things clearly. You know, that's why if you notice, if you've been around the church for a while and you read your Bible, it starts coming together. You start understanding it, you know, precept upon precept, line upon line, here little, there little. It starts gelling together. You start seeing God from the old all the way through the new into the end. You know, because your vision has been perfected, but it wasn't that way until you were born again of the water and the spirit. See, I tell you, as a kid, man, we had Bibles all over our house. You know, we was commanded by our parents to pray before we went to bed. We prayed before we ate our food. I'm still in those habits, you know, <laughs> so because it was driven in me as a kid. But you know what? I was still blind because I did not have the Spirit, and I hadn't been born again. You know, I do believe in the, the dedication that my parents submitted me to the Lord. I just think that might have been what was keeping me until God brought me to the point of I, where I could understand. You know, and when I saw the truth, when, you know, he revealed to me the truth and opened my understanding. And I went down in that water of baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and came up speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You know, it made all the difference. My eyes were open. I realized the things that I was doing here was wrong, that I didn't need to do those things anymore. Amen. It made me new. You know, I was a new creature in Christ. 
And God's just kept showing and opening and revealing more and more. So our new birth is key to our essential. Notice Second Timothy, I mean Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. Starting verse 15. You know, this story, you, you probably heard it a lot. You can probably hear a lot more, uh, this, uh, year because this is our theme, you know, perfecting vision here. And notice here what happens. The servant goes out in the morning, you know, but it comes down that the king of Syria, man, every time he come up as a plan, <laughs> Elijah tells the other kings what's going to take place, and it spoiled the plan, you know. So the king thinks somebody is, is he's got a traitor in his camp, you know. He says, somebody's in here. You need to find out who's, who's letting out my secrets, you know. The guy says, no, is, is the prophet down there, he, Elijah. He's the one who's telling the king's stuff, you know. And so all of a sudden, here it is, Gehazi goes outside in the morning, and he comes, he sees all these chariots, and he come running back in. And when the servant of the man, verse 15 of God, was really early and gone forth, behold, and host come past the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, At last, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elijah. Notice, he had to have his vision open. See, do you ever pray, God, let me see the heavenly host. Let me look into the heavenly realms. Let me see what is going on. See, his eyes was open, and he saw they're more with us than be with them. That's why we walk by faith. Amen. See, he says, open his eyes and let him see. We need spiritual vision. This new birth will open our understanding and our eyes so that we can see what God is doing in our lives. As the psalmist has said there, open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonders out of that law. Man, what great things are there. I like to see those things, man. I like to see the promises of God. You know, what God is doing, what God is up to. Man, and that's, that's what He desires in every one of us. In this new birth is to see things clearly, to know that we're not alone. To know where he's taking us and what he is doing in our lives. So this new birth is essential. This new birth is essential and necessary for our salvation. Because neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given unto heaven upon men whereby we must be saved. That's why the Bible standard for full salvation is repentance. Water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the initial signs of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give us the utterance. There is no other way to be saved, see, because neither is there salvation in any other. You can't be saved without the new birth process. 
See, and and you know it, 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 that's the only way you can apply it to your life. As Jesus says, you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. You know, it's not sprinkling a few drops on your head. It's not shaking my hand. Says I want to join the church. You know, that's not get it. You don't fill out a card and say I'm a member of the church. No, you've got to be born again. Okay? You've got to be born again. Praise God. Knows. Notice what Paul, Titus, here, chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. For we ourselves also were sometime foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But notice, but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appear, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. It was nothing that we did. It was what he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believing in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. So it's necessary to salvation. A lot of people walk around. Yeah, you ask them, you say, yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I've been born again. You ask them, tell me, how were you born again? You know? And then, what are you talking about? Uh, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, then they want to know, what What are you talking about? Yes, you, you ask some people. You ask some people, what is the new birth process? They have no clue. But yet, they say they're born again. They say they're saved. You know? Their eyes of their understanding has not been opened. Because once you realize that you need to repent of your sins, that you need to be buried with Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the waters of baptism, filled with the Holy Ghost, then you realize the truth. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 7, not everyone to say to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of God. He puts it right in the Word. That you've got to do what His Word says. In John seventeen twenty, when He was praying for the disciples, He says, I'm not praying for them only. He says, I'm praying for all those that will believe on Me through their Word. See? The same way you've got to realize here, as the Lord told Moses when he took him up on the mount and gave him the plan of the building of the tabernacle in the wilderness, what did he sell him? See that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And when he told his disciples... Before he ascended back into heaven, go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name 
They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. The pattern. This all was a pattern. When you look at Noah, art, it was a pattern for salvation. Amen. That's why Peter, when you get to Peter and you're reading Peter, Peter says, eight souls were saved by water. The light figure, the baptism also now does save us. So if it's the figure <laughs> and baptism save me, don't you think I need to be baptized? Amen. Think about it. You know, God's got a pattern. That's why he lays it out. That's why he puts it in the word so people will follow it. You can't take shortcuts with God. You know, you've got to follow the plan. That's why when you look at 1 Corinthians 10, they had the new birth. They came. Egypt was a type and shadow of the world. You know, the first thing they had to do before they got it came out was what? Sacrifice. They had to get cleansed. You know, they had to have the blood applied to their lives. You know, and then they came out and what did they do? They went across the Red Sea. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. I will not that you should be ignorant, brethren. All that our fathers was what? Under the cloud and under sea, and was baptized by Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Why is he talking about baptism way back there? It's a type and shadow of what God is going to do in the church, in the New Testament. They had to be baptized. They had to come out, you know, and walk through the water. They had to go through the water, see, to get to the other side. If we're not in the water and born again, we're not going to get to the other side. See, even when you get to the Jordan, because all the old folks had died off, they had to go through it again. You know, they had to walk through the water again. Every generation, that's what God is trying to show us with that. No generations is exempt. That's why they bring out clearly in Joshua that the old generation has died off God had them to sanctify themselves, and they passed through the next body of water, walking through on the other side. It was a type and shadow of coming through, you know, to the new promise. And we have to go through the same process in order to get to the other side, because if not, we're none of his. Hello? It's necessary for our salvation. Amen. Amen. Because if we don't get born again, Romans 8, we're none of His. And we are, it is attained by the Word of God. Notice what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. Peter says, Sin you have purified your souls and obeyed the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, 
See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We're born again by the word of God. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice what John says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 and verse 8. He says there's three that bear witness Record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. God is Spirit, and we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Amen. And he fills us with his spirit. Amen. It agree in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's the word. That's why we're baptized in the word. We, we're purified by the word of God. Jesus Christ. Remember what he said back in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 1? Wash you. Verse 16, Isaiah 1, 16. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from my eyes. Notice verse 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fathers. Plead for the widow. Verse 18. Come on now. And let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And God says, come on, let me wash you. Let me get you clean. Let me get rid of your sins. And those sins are remitted in the waters of baptism. Amen. They're washed away. You get a fresh, brand new start. Amen. James tells us in James 1.8, Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth. With the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Amen. Notice, he's got us by the word of truth. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. We are washed by the water of the word. Man, it cleanses us. We become doers of God's word. That's why we see that we got to be born again of the water and the spirit, because the word tells us to. So we are born again according to the word. In other words, God says it. The man of God spake, as the Holy as Peter says, holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Holy Ghost. They wrote the book, 
Amen. So that we know what we need to do. So the only way we can be born again is by the Word of God, the Word of truth. That's why you go out and tell somebody they're going to be born again. They say, well, how do I do that? What are you going to tell them? You need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the mission of your sin, and God will feed you with the Holy Ghost, right? Where did you get it from? <laughs> you got it from the Word. <laughs> See how easy this is? It's real easy stuff. Amen. We're born again, and it's attained by the Word of God. John goes on in 1 John 1, 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're born according to the will of God. Because the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. See? So this new birth that we're talking about here, amen, it gives us this change. We're changed. That's why Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, in Philippians 2, he says, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if there be any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that you be like mine and having the same Spirit, having the same love, being in the same mind. Amen. That you humble yourself. Let not every man look on his own thing, but look on the other things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made of himself no reputation, and being found in the blackness of man, in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. He says, as you have obeyed in my presence, now such more in my absence. And notice what the next verse says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. See? Realize you've got to be born again. You've got to have the mind. Notice what Jude, verse 3, in Jude, verse 3. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was need for me to what? Write unto you and to exalt you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Notice, the common salvation. They all had the same thing. Right? When Jesus handed Peter those keys to the kingdom, 
He says, whatsoever thing you loose in heaven will be loose in the earth. And whatsoever things you bound in heaven will be bound in the earth. And when Peter swung out there on the day of Pentecost, amen, and began to preach, and he hit Acts 2.38, amen. If you notice, when Peter started preaching, what is he talking about? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Automatic. You know why? Because Jesus told them that repentance and remission of sins must be preached in my name against all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And that's where they are in Acts 2 when the day of Pentecost happens. And that's why Jesus says, my name. That's why Peter preached in his name. That's why he told them who Jesus Christ was. That's why he took them all the way back and brought them forth. If you go through your Acts 7, you see Stephen takes it from Genesis all the way to the death of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. The whole thing is all about Jesus, and that's why they are pounding constantly about Jesus. And that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, except the man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see this truth without being born again. Amen. I don't care how much you go to church. That's why people still walk around and says, you know, the Trinity. Because their eyes are still shut. Kind of like the little boy with the puppies. I think I told you the story, right? How they're selling puppies. God says, what kind of puppies are these? They're Baptist puppies. That's all they're so cute. You know, he got his friend and brought it by. says, hey, the little boy got some puppies over here for sale. Little boy, what I'm saying is, hey son, what kind of puppies are these? I said they're apostolic, sir. What do you mean they're apostolic? The other day you told me they was Baptist. He said, yeah, now they got the eyes open. <laughs> 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 Praise God, Amen. But the eyes of your understanding, Peter says, being open, being enlightened, Amen. Praise God. Amen. So hopefully we understand this new birth that we now have, how we obtained it, how it is applied to our lives so that we can go forth on to perfection, being rooted and grounded in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you.